You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. Let me preface it with this. I want to thank everybody that uh, did so much work so that we could have a, a wonderful celebration of life for Pastor Bob Cannon. And I'm going to touch more on that after the service, okay? And, and I'll, I'll talk to everybody. If, if you didn't get the, the, the message that PB had passed, I'll explain that to you after the service because we did everything we could to make sure everyone knew that that was happening. But... We'll talk about that in a little bit. Let me ask you a question. What would Christmas be like without Christmas songs and Christmas carols? Yeah, someone, there'd be no Christmas. And then some people might be saying, that's all I hear. Starting in November or October, there are stations that actually designate uh, their whole stations to, to Christmas songs. And so I, let's do this as we go into the message. We're talking about love today, right? The gift of love. And so I want to quiz you on how knowledgeable you are on these songs in the Christmas season. We're going to play Let's Play That Tune, okay? Let's do that. All right, so the first song, here, here's the, the key phrase that I want to bring out. We're snuggled up together like two birds of a feather would be. And it goes something like this. Just hear those sleigh bells ding-a-ling, ring, ding, ding-a-ling. That's good right there. What song is it? Jingle bells. Sleigh ride. So right now we're batting. We're not batting. We're striking, Okay. Here's your next one, all right? Get ready. Come on, Christmas people. Number, the second one, okay? Here's, here's a, the, the, a, a, a little part of it, okay? When we finally kiss goodnight. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Wait. No, wait, wait. You're right, but when we finally kiss goodnight, how I'll hate going out in the storm. But if you really hold me tight, all the way home I'll be... Warm. Play the song. Let it snow, let it snow. Thanks Man, it doesn't show signs of stopping. And I brought me some corn. What, what's the name of the song? How the would you ever figure that one out? Thank you, sound. Let it snow. <laughs> I'm not getting any help. I'm not getting any help. You can tell we didn't practice this, right? Okay, number three. Here's, here's the phrase that I'm taking from the song. Decorations of red on a green Christmas tree won't be the same, dear, if you're not here with me. You're not supposed to give the song away. What? Yeah, Elvis, very, huh, wow, you guys are incredible. Here's the fourth one, okay? Here's the, here's the phrase, and I, I mean, 
you'll figure out the song. They're giving you the title in the, uh, the, the, the number four. Please have snow and mistletoe and presents under the tree because I... Oh, Becca! Way to go, Becca Luiski. Okay, go ahead and play the song. I'll be home for Christmas. Yeah, they'll never guess, right? You can plan. The whole thing about putting the song on and name that, you know, uh, name that tune is to not give them the title. Just, just, uh, you know, for next year. The last song that I got, Mistletoe, hung where you can see every couple tries to stop. The song goes... Okay, yeah, let's, let's see. Which, what song is that? Ah, okay. Rocking around the Christmas tree at the Christmas party hop. Thank you. Perfect. <laughs> More. <laughs> you guys batted a thousand. I don't know how. Right? So I want us to think about the common theme of every song. What, what, are, we, what are we hearing? And, and as you think about the common theme, I, I, I want you to think with me that Valentine's Day or Valentine's Month takes all the credit as a month of love or the month of romance. But that's really not the case. In fact... I have statistics to prove it. I found out that uh, 2014 American Wedding Study conducted by Brides Magazine, researchers found that 19% of all engagements occur in December, making it the most popular month to be or to get engaged. Did you know that? Now we do, right? And I want you to guess what is the most popular day, what is the day that people pop the question and ask, you know, will you marry me? Let's see if you're right. Data released by Facebook, and you know everything has to be Facebook official. We know that, right? (laughs) Data released by Facebook last year showed that Christmas Eve is the most popular day to get engaged followed by Christmas Day and New Year's Day, and then the fourth is Valentine's Day. Is that amazing? Christmas time has an element of mistletoe and cuddling by the fire, and the rest is history, right? And so I, I, I want us to talk about love today. I want us to talk about the element of love, and more than that, the gift of love. In fact, the way that we're seated today kind of speaks to the fact of what we're talking about as far as December being a wedding celebration. We're in a wedding celebrating mold right now. That's why the chairs are like that because on December 31st, my youngest son will be walking down the aisle with his new bride. So, so that is, you know, something that goes, holds true with all the statistics right there. So my Jakey-poo is going to be getting married. <clears throat> now, I'm not, opposed, I'm not opposed 
to being romantic or getting engaged or married in December. In fact, I'm all for that. I think we solidify and consummate relationships, and it honors God. But I think if we're, if we're not careful, we can miss the meaning of love at Christmas. Because Christmas is a love story. It's a story of true, faithful, unending, and sacrificial love. God's love, when he sent Jesus Christ, is the one love that changes everything. When God sent Jesus to this world for us, it changes everything. Changes our hearts, changes our minds, changes our behavior. I love that testimony from Jerry that he talked about how God has transformed his life. Only God can do that. I was talking to someone yesterday after the funeral, and they were, they were, they were uh, uh, in our discussion, in our discourse, they, they talked about a, an, a certain individual that started coming to church, and they said they're like night and day. The transformation in their life is like night and day. And then the, from his own mouth, the young man who's probably in his early 30s, he said, only God can do that. You see, there's a love that permeates our lives. There's a love that permeates our hearts that comes from the Father above through Jesus Christ our Lord and through the power of the Holy Spirit that changes us for the better. And what would be sad is if we don't open up that gift of love. So we'll be talking about that. We're in the Advent season. And Advent means the coming or, ar or arrival. And this season is marked by expectation. It's marked by waiting, anticipation, and longing. Advent is not just an extension of Christmas. It's a season that links the past, present, and future. Advent offers us the opportunity to share the ancient longing for the coming of the Messiah and to celebrate his birth and to be alert for his second coming. And I want you to think with me about kids at Christmas time. When they unwrap their gifts, the excitement of ripping off the paper is quickly replaced by the excitement of opening up the box and actually playing with that toy or that game inside. I'm thinking about my grand grandson and my granddaughter right now and just the excitement. Not only are they going to be excited, but I'm going to be excited as I get to witness them opening up gifts if they're around. But the worst thing in the world is a gift that doesn't have batteries. Nothing worse than that, right? Or a gift that requires adult setup. Kids want it to be set up. Kids want the batteries to be in place. They want to unwrap and they want to dive in. And that's what we, we're going to do today. We're going to, we're going to dive in to the gift of love. So what do we do? Here's the question. What do we do with this gift of love? What do you think we should do? Number one, number one, we need to accept. We need to accept his love.
I think everyone knows John 3.16. So if you do, say it with me. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and that whoever believes in him will not perish, but they'll have everlasting life. You know, this is, this is probably the greatest uh, uh, verse in the Bible. But I think sometimes it gets so familiar that we get numb to its magnitude. I think sometimes we think about, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that if anyone believes in him, they will not perish but have everlasting life or eternal life. I think sometimes we get numb to the grandness of that. Because God doesn't just love us. The Bible says that God so loves us. It's a lot bigger than just what we, we, we even comprehend. It's, it's a lot grander than what we sometimes grasp. God loves us when we're good. God loves us when we're bad. God loves us when we're on the mountaintop. God loves us when we're in the valley. God loves us when we are popular. God loves us when we're not popular. God so loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And sometimes we think about love as a feeling. Like, I just feel loved. But we don't always feel loved. Amen? Sometimes we go through things in our life that we don't feel love. But God's love is more than a feeling, beloved. God's love is an action. The Bible says God so loved, and he showed us how much he loves us because he gave. He gave. There's action behind his love. There's a step that he took. Before we ever took a step, he took that step to show us that he loved us. God's love in sending Jesus changes everything. He showed you. He showed me that he loved us. Christmas reminds us that God loves The baby Jesus is the greatest gift that we could ever receive. God, Emmanuel, God being with us is the gift, the greatest gift that we could ever receive. And I, I think that if we, if we don't comprehend the grandness of that gift, we miss the picture of Christmas. If we don't grab a hold of how much God loves you, you, we think everybody else, God so loved the world, but he loves me. He knows what I'm going through right now. He knows my struggle. He knows my deepest hurt. He knows my deepest challenges. He knows my greatest failures. And he loves me. And if we begin to grab a hold of that, if we accept the fact that God loves us, it changes everything. I mentioned this to, um, 
uh, yesterday and, and, and to the uh, funeral, people that were here at the funeral, and I wasn't going to. I wasn't going to because it was, it was meant for today. So if you were here, if you were at the funeral yesterday, I know some of you were, um, you're going to hear it again. Uh, but probably the greatest moment, I've had a lot of great moments with Pastor Bob. Pastor Bob was my mentor. He, he was my spiritual father. He raised me up in the faith. And, uh, and the, 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 I, I've, we've spoken about a lot of things. And what, what, what stands out as the greatest thing is the last conversation that I had with him. <clears throat> and when they took him to Oro Valley Hospital, in fact, it was probably the last time that he was speaking um, I, they, they were working on him, and, and I stepped out to the hallway, and, and, and the, the, the specialist of e, the EKG came in, and, and I said, can you just give me a minute so I can go and just pray with, uh, with Pastor Bob? And she said, how long is it going to take? And I said, well, not very long, you know, 30 minutes or so. He laughed, and I laughed, and I, I got in, you know, and, and, and when I got there, I got his, held his hand, and I said, Pastor Bob, uh, how you doing? He said, you know, Pastor Bob, he's... This was his MO. He, he was always thinking about others, not himself. He said, you didn't have to come. I know how busy you are. You didn't have to come. And I said, Pastor, I, I want to be here. I don't have to be here, but I want to be here. And all I want you to know is that I love you. And so his words to me were probably the greatest words that any person can say. And his words to me were this. I know you do. I know you do. And then he said, he looked at me in the eyes and he said, PJ, I love you. And I looked down and I said, I know you do. I know you do. And those, that, those, uh, those were more than just words. Because love is more than words. Love is more than a feeling. Love is action. Those words were built around years of trust. They were built around years of being there for each other. They were there, they were built around years of listening to each other and sometimes not saying anything back. They were built on working through disagreements. There's action behind those words. And that's just a glimpse of an example of the love that God has for us. If I can have that love for a man and I am far from perfect, and Pastor Bob is not perfect either, if we could have that love for each other, how much more a perfect God love us? Through our good times or our bad times, but here's the thing, beloved. Here's the thing that I want you to grab a hold of today. God loves you, but you have to accept it. Many relationships are broken because people don't accept the love of others. Many people live in a funk. Many people live in a, in a bitter state, in an unforgiving state, because they don't accept the love of God in their life. 
God could never love me. Look at the things that I've done. Look at the life that I've lived. Can I tell you that God's love is bigger than your failure? God's love is bigger than your mistake. The Bible says God is so rich in mercy. And he loved us so much. There's that, there's that word again. So much. That even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. And it is only by God's grace that you have been saved. It is nothing that we've done. It's not any good effort. It's not any merit on our part. It's nothing that we have sufficed in ourselves. It is only through the mercy and grace of Christ that we are saved. And the reason for that, and this is what really just kind of will just give you a wonderful one-two punch. The wonderful thing about it is that he loved you when you were still a sinner. So much. But you have to receive the gift and open it. Here's the second thing, okay? You have to experience his love. Once you accept his love, you need to experience his love. And many of us in here have experienced what love is not. You turn on the news and you see a dark world and you see hatred going rapid. And unfortunately, we sometimes experience abandonment and rejection. And we experience broken promises. But I want you to know that if this is the case in your life, you've opened up the wrong present. This is not the gift of God's love. The gift of love that God gives is expressed this way. It says, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him, as you accept him, right? Your roots will grow down into God's love. And, and this is important. Your roots will grow down into God's love and it will keep you, say it with me, strong. When you're weak, when you're in this world and it seems unbearable, it is the love of God that will root you and keep you strong. And then it says, and may you have the power to understand, as God's people should, how wide and how long and how high and how deep his love is. Because God's love is deep. It's deeper than the deepest part of the ocean. God's love is dependable. God's love is not divisive. In fact, God's love will bring unity. If you're in here and you're mad at someone or you're mad at someone, especially if they're in the Lord and, and, and there's, there's division, that is not the love of God. The love of God is a restoring love. The love of God is a uniting love. The love of God is a forgiving love. And that's exactly what restores our lives. And he, ex he invites you to experience that love today. Every one of us have an opportunity every single day to walk in the love 
of Christ. And to experience that love. How many children will open up a gift at Christmas and put it on a shelf? That favorite gift that they wanted. How many children are going to open it up and put it on a shelf? I don't think anyone, any child will put their favorite toy on a shelf. What are they going to do? They're going to experience it for the fullness. That's exactly what God desires for us. He's given the gift. His name is Jesus. You accept him. You receive him. You trust him. And then you begin to walk with him. And you experience this love, the love that gets us through difficulty, the love that allows us to share our greatest experiences, the love that will take us past ourselves to care about others who need to be cared for. Yesterday, as, as, as we did this beautiful service for, for Pastor Bob, it was glorious. And the love of people, everyone that served in different capacities, I'm telling you, Living Word Chapel, you rock for the glory of God. And the family was so thankful. And they felt the love. They sensed the love. They were able to experience the love of Christ because there was action behind it. There's nothing greater than that. We have a... Um, a blanket drive that we're doing, where everyone in the, in the church has brought blankets, and we're going to take the warmth of Jesus to different families around the community. We're, we're, we're getting ready to launch our second campus in the Copper Corridor, and we're going to take the warmth of Jesus to, a, to people that maybe have never felt that there's a God who loves them so that they can experience the love of God. So my prayer for you, beloved, is that you'll open up the gift, but that you'll begin to experience the love that comes from God. Today's a day. There's, there's someone in here. Today's a day that maybe you make a phone call. And you tell someone, hey, I love you. And all the things that are, that are, that are under the bridge, all the things that, that have been trying to divide us, can we, can we begin to restore them? Will you forgive me for what I've done? You know, we can take those steps. I have a family member that texted me this morning, you know, uh, or last night, and, and we hadn't talked for a while, and, and he texted me giving his condolences because they know how close Pastor Bob and I were. He sent me, and I, it, 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 just, it just touched my heart, and I sent him a text right away and said, love you. Sorry I've been so busy, but we're going to get together. We're going to reconnect. Experience this, beloved. Do not let this go. God is speaking to us today. That we move in that direction. The Bible says this. I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life. Isn't that amazing? Neither death nor life. Neither angels nor demons. Neither our fears for today or our worries for tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed to us through the gift of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Nothing. Nothing. If anything comes and wants to deplete you of God's love, it can't if you hold on to Jesus. Hold on 
Here's number three. We share his love. We accept his love. We experience his love. And then we share his love. I don't know about you, but when I fell in love with my wife, when you fell in love with your spouse, didn't you want to share that love with her or with him? Didn't you want to express that you loved them? And, and, and for me, can I tell you, for me, the, 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 the love that changed everything with my wife, Shauna, was the day that I received Jesus because then I knew what love was. It changed everything in, in my marriage. It changed everything that's, for me as an individual, all the hurts, all the baggage that I had, all the unforgiveness for hurts in the past. It was all cleansed. And then I was able to express the love of God to my wife. You know, when, when, when people have an engagement, when couples get engaged, they make a what? They, they make an announcement. And they announce and they send a card saying, we are going to be married on such a day. My son Jacob Reese is going to marry Ishara Reese. They met at a family reunion. <laughs> They're not related. We just, we just, we just kept it unco uncomplicated, okay? But the reality is when they, when they got engaged, they made announcements and they sent them out to, to different individuals. Why? Because they wanted to share the love that they have for each other. Nowadays, when you fall in love, you make it Facebook official. And it's not official until it's Facebook official. You know, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to share on my Facebook page that I'm married to my wife. And I have pictures of her. And I... I I want to express, I want to share with people how much I love my wife. And then, in, in fact, on my Facebook page, if you look, you know, I, I say some things about me. And one of the things that I say is, I'm married to Shauna Reese. I'll share that with people. I am not ashamed to do that. And have you noticed how you change when you fall in love? You notice that? I hear that all the time. You know, this, since you met this person, you've changed. Well, she's in love. Since you've met that person, you've changed. Well, she's in love. How much more when we meet Jesus Christ, the one who loved us first, the one, to, the one who came to share the love of God with people, it does something inside our heart, so we want to share his love with others. The Bible says this, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Would you say this with me? It says, this is real love. Ain't that awesome? This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that God loved that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Now, that is amazing. See, you can't take God's sins away because God doesn't sin, and we're not powerful. 
But God loved you so much that he sent Jesus so that you would not have to live in your sins and regrets and in your failures and in your condemnation, but that you could be restored and made right. And so, beloved, so today you could leave out of this service with your head held up saying, Jesus loves me. And I want to share that love with others. There's nothing worse than for us to walk around with a gloom and doom attitude when the God of the universe loves you so much. Share his love with others. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely, say that with me, surely ought to love one another. God's love comes to us and then it flows through us. God's love comes to us and then it flows through us. Here's your action steps as I close. Today's the day for you to accept God's gift of love. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait until next week. Today's the day. God is love. When, when we take up permanent residence in a life of love, we live in God and God lives in us, the message paraphrase says. Number two, don't put the gift of God's love on a shelf. He wants us to experience it. The Bible says, may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, but then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. And the third thing, that action step, is your friends, your neighbors, your community, they need for you to share God's love. The Bible says, my beloved friends, let us continue to love each other. Since love comes from God, everyone who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God above. Amen? You glad you were in church? I sure am glad. Now, I'm going to close with a prayer. And if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus, we always give you the opportunity, opportunity to do so. So open up your heart and pray with me. God, thank you. Thank you for your great love revealed to me in Jesus. It's a gift of love that changes everything. And today I open up my heart to accept your love and forgiveness. I confess that Jesus died for all my sins on the cross at Calvary. I believe he rose from the dead just like the Bible said he would. Today I choose to follow him in the fellowship of the church. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, do me a favor and put it on your connection cards. And it says there, today I've made a choice to follow Jesus. God is good. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.